You're listening to Modern Intimacy, a show about mental health, sex, relationships, and the private things we need to talk about more publicly. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Balistrieri. As a licensed psychologist, certified sex therapist, certified sex addiction therapist, and packed trained couples therapist, I help people live more fulfilled lives by shattering stigma, erasing shame, and building connections. It's no secret that we live in a society that compartmentalizes mental health and sex from our everyday lives. On this show, we're going to change that, and we'll do it by getting curious together. In this podcast, I'll invite you to join me as I investigate the relationship between sex, mental health, relationships, and modern society. In each episode, it's my goal to provide safe, smart, dimensional, and practical answers to those complex questions you've been wondering about. Head on over to modernintimacy.com slash podcast for show notes and resources, or to submit a question or topic you'd like me to explore in future episodes, as well as to find all the links to follow us on your favorite podcast apps so you don't miss an episode. Don't forget to follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Dr. Kate Balistrieri for daily tips on how to improve your mental health, sex, and relationships. Everyone has questions. You are not alone. On this show, I make information accessible because everyone deserves to have more integrated, healthy, and sexually satisfying relationships. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. Well, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's an honor. It's an honor to meet you. I've really been appreciating your work on TikTok. and appreciate um, that. Yeah. Um, So tell me a little bit about what you do and, and how you got here. I understand you recently moved to L.A., yeah, so I moved here uh, about four months ago. Uh, yeah, at the top of the year, uh, and I came from uh, Virginia, Southern Virginia. Mm-hmm. I was working, um, you know, in an inpatient state hospital, doing forensic psychiatry out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before that, I was teaching at Augusta University, and that's where I got my doctorate degree. Um, I have a DNP, which is a doctor of nursing practice. Uh, with specialty in mental health and psychiatry. Okay. And uh, my goal was always to, you know, um, you know, to help people out. But as time went on, I, you know, began to learn about social media and how I could go from, you know, teaching students at the university, um, you know, to teaching my patients who, you know, were in my care to teaching people online. Uh, and as I fooled around with the platform more and more, I realized that people were hungry for information. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the information is there. You can go online, you can go to YouTube, you know, WebMD, um, up to date. Like you can, you can go and find um, evidence-based information online. Mm-hmm. But I realized that the way that people were, you know, disseminating the information, it, it wasn't like in the language of, of, you know, the majority of people who want to take an in information. Mm-hmm. So I just put out what I know, you know, using like the trends and things like that. And people were like, okay, I understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, once I started to do that more and more, I realized that there was a need for it. So mm-hmm. um, I'd always wanted to come out to Los Angeles and, you know, I figured that there was no better time than now. You know, I don't have any kids, not married, nothing like that. So uh, this is the perfect time to, you know, in a sense, gamble, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, hopefully we're towards the end of it, but this is a hopefully. good time to, to, right, to reinvent yourself <laughs> and, um, you know, prepare for, you know, like a, a whole new world. So that's yeah. what uh, brings me to LA and uh, I'm excited to be here. Well, welcome to LA. It is, um, it's an interesting city and definitely yeah. one that uh, is even more interesting to move into during a pandemic. So, right. yeah. While everybody's moving out, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll check back in six months when the world's online and see how you like right. LA then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit with you today about um, ADHD and okay. sort of in general, and then how it impacts relationships and sexuality. Part of what I've really been appreciating in your TikToks is the information that you put out there about ADHD. And I see in, in your content that people are really um, hungry for this information. I think it's a, it's a diagnosis that's not well understood. And there are a lot of um, co-occurring diagnoses with ADHD and then a lot of um, differential diagnoses that often get mislabeled as ADHD or uh, ADHD goes unrecognized. So maybe let's start. I I would love to, to kind of understand a little bit about how you define and understand ADHD. Okay. So, you know, when people say ADHD, uh, I mean, I, I don't even like the, the term ADHD, attention mm-hmm. deficit hyperactivity disorder. I don't like the term because it's almost as if, if you read a name, it will seem as if you you either can't focus or mm-hmm. you're you know too focused on one thing. And in a sense, ADHD is that, but it's more so of you know an executive dysfunction, you know, within the brain. Like you can focus on certain things, like. You know, and I, I tell people on my TikTok lives, like if you like, let's say you love video games, right? And you're really good at it and you have ADHD. Chances are you can focus really well on that and excel at it for hours and hours mm-hmm. and break records, make a lot of money. But the issue is with things that you don't like or mundane tasks or, you know, like, you know, balancing the checkbook or cleaning your room, like small things that we have to do every day that, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't enjoy doing it. Um, you know, of course you'll do it, but it'll take you hours and hours and hours to do if you have ADHD. So, you know, and I was talking to my brother the other day and he said, uh, isn't everybody in the ADHD spectrum? And I do believe that people, we all have times when we might not be able to focus on things or we're spaced right. out. But but with ADHD, there's significant impairment, you know, that would happen, you know, because of a lack of uh, focus or because you can't focus on a certain thing at a certain time. Or maybe mm-hmm. because you're, you know, too impulsive, you know, too hyperactive. You know, so when I think of ADHD, I, I think of it as a a disorder where, you know, your brain is not firing the way that it needs to be firing. So everything, I don't say that, you know, your brain is not wired correctly. It is wired correctly, but it's stronger in certain areas and other areas where you would need your brain to, you know, pick up the, you know, the pace. Right. You can't quite, you know, get your brain to get there. And because of you know, that, you know, it can lead to things like you have issues in your relationships where you're missing, you know, significant events like birthdays, uh, anniversaries, you can mm-hmm. be late to work. Um, you know, for teenagers, there's an increase of STIs, you know, because of impulsive behavior. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with the differential list, it can look like mania as well. So uh, that's why it's so important for people to be educated on it um, and to go get the psychiatric evaluation or neuropsych testing um, you know, to get the proper help that they need so that they can get the proper treatment. Because I believe that the treatment, if you treat it, you know, uh, whether it's through therapy or meds or a combination, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I would recommend a combination of the, the two, uh, it can change your life, you know, because yeah. at that point it can bring you to where you feel like you should already have been. And people, mm-hmm. sometimes people are in the thirties and forties when they get this diagnosis. And then 
like they have this moment where it all makes sense, you know? Right, right. Well, I really appreciate what you're saying because a proper diagnosis really is the first start in addressing right. ADHD. If in fact, that's what someone is is working with symptomatically. And a lot of people will sort of throw around ADHD in, in this very colloquial way. Oh, I got distracted. Therefore I have ADHD right. and they'll sort of overestimate their symptoms. And right. And or think that um, getting prescribed a stimulant will help them. And then, in fact, it makes things worse because ADHD wasn't the underlying condition. Mm. So I think it's important to really, you know, take the time to get a thorough evaluation. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. What are some of the sneaky ways that ADHD shows up? Like what might someone not know to look for? So besides the traditional, you know, things like, you know, not being blurring out interrupting people mid-conversation or you know being in like spaced out for hours i think you want to look at you know for adults for example you know uh adhd often presents as anxiety or mm-hmm. depression and it can happen because your brain is tired like you've been having to compensate for you know not being able to get things done on time or being all over the place or having arguments with people um so your brain is like having to work overtime and mm-hmm. you're feeling anxious or you're feeling depressed because you don't know what's going on. Um, and it it wears out on your self-esteem, you know, when you can't get certain simple things done. Like you mm-hmm. can be a high functioning, um, you know, uh, high achieving individual. You could be a lawyer, a doctor. I mean, you, you could be somebody who is like regarded as one of the, the more talented people in society, but you might struggle with a simple task and that mm-hmm. can affect your, your, your confidence. It can lead to some anxiousness and some depression uh a lot of times with uh adhd you often see individuals you have somebody for example if somebody is in a a relationship you'll see somebody uh get to the point where um you know we talked a little bit about rejection sensitivities Mm -hmm. for you where like you might have an argument and somebody might say something that in their opinion is benign like oh you should have done this but then you like you really feel it, like mm-hmm. you're just a little bit more sensitive and then you can resent that person and then you say something else and that person didn't know that you were, you were, you know, that upset about it. Um, so there's so many different, you know, sneaky ways that people can pick up on uh, ADHD. And another thing too is when you have to, a lot of times people with ADHD, they have anxiety over doing like a, a task which they think is complicated, mm-hmm. you know? So you might, um, let's say you have to clean your, the back of your trunk, right? And uh, you're thinking about it, and you're like, oh, I have to clean the back of my trunk. Let me push it off to the weekend, right? So you might push it back for like a month and a half, right? And then when you finally put your mind to it, uh, you knock the task out within 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but uh, because you have anxiety over like a to-do list, you know, you have this long list of things to do. And that's why I would say it's best to have a have a to-do list, but then a priority list. Because if you put everything on a to-do list, you'll look through the whole thing and you can spend hours organizing what you have to do. And when it's time to do it, you're like, okay, I'm done. Right. Right. It's exhausting just even to think sometimes about how am I going to get to all of this? So that's a great idea, Mm -hmm. really making that prioritization list. A lot of what you're talking about is um, what I see in couples frequently Mm -hmm. in session. You know, partners will misunderstand the behaviors of their other partner who has ADHD and personalize it sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. I've asked my partner to load the dishwasher three times and they didn't get to it. And they internalize that as my partner 
partner doesn't respect me. My partner exactly. doesn't love me. Yeah. My partner expects me to do all the, the domestic work. And right. that can be really frustrating mm-hmm. when it, it gets interpreted in that fashion. And both partners can walk away feeling frustrated yeah. and unseen and unvalued in those kinds of situations. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. And, you know, with, with couples, and uh, I think that's why a lot of people have appreciated my content because, like, I'll throw a symptom out there and I've had people comment on my videos and they'll say, uh, um, thank you so much. I'm going to send this to my wife. You know, she thinks <laughs> that I'm, you know, lazy or unmotivated or I'm doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have one partner who doesn't, you know, have or understand ADHD, then it's very likely that they'll take the other partner's, you know, um, actions as like, oh, you don't care about me or you're doing this intentionally yeah. to try and, right. you know, piss me off or something like that. And the partner might just be struggling. And especially with men, you know, it's hard for men to sometimes talk about what they're going through. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, hey, well, this is what's going on, they'll just mm-hmm. say, you know what, I'm not worried about it. And you just push it to the side. And then when the next argument comes up, you bring up the past and then just a big, you know, this is a big blow up. So I think yeah. with partners, it's very important to understand like when one partner has it and the other partner doesn't have it, you know, so that way, because if you don't understand, like I can see how the relationship will appear to be like, a, you know, you can turn to that codependent cycle and you can have it to where one partner feels like they're almost like a parent to right. the other partner because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you have to do this. You have to do that. Oh, so mm-hmm. I have to tell you to pick up after yourself, but, and the other partners had like, they're in a whole different like world. They didn't even know that what they're doing is impacting the relationship like that. Right, right. So in, in situations like that, and I'm really glad you brought that up because it really does create a disparity sometimes in, mm. in the relationship where one partner feels like even if they understand the ADHD, if their partner's not able to make accommodations or make right. some strides and, and get um, some containment around their symptoms, then they're sort of left holding the bag. And right. that can bring up a lot of resentment as well. Mm-hmm. So what would you recommend to somebody who has ADHD and does struggle to sort of um, keep up with their share of, of whatever the household stuff is, and it's impacting their relationship, right? How can they show up or communicate with their partner effectively? So the one thing I would say, and this goes for my guys as well, because as guys, you know, we don't speak up enough, but <laughs> if you're the partner with ADHD, my recommendation is that you advocate for yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I believe the closed mouths don't get fed. If you don't speak up and say, Hey, I have this, like I went to a professional, I was diagnosed with this. They recommended this type of therapy or this type of medication. And this is how my life is. Like I would say, be as upfront as possible and say, Hey, I struggle with this. You know, it's kind of like when you uh, you start a business, you know, and if you're good at like balancing the checkbook or you're good at recording, you know, then you'll do that. But then your partner might be the one who's behind the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, th- the goal is to, because if you're in a relationship, you're on a team, you know, think of it mm-hmm. as you're playing for the same team. So when an issue comes up, it's not, you know, you versus them, it's we versus this issue, you know, exactly. so don't take sides and say, oh, I have to be right or no, no, they're always wrong. It's more so of, hey, we're on the same team. And, you know, if I'm the quarterback, you're the receiver or, you know, 
like whatever role you play, like this is what I'm going through and this is what I struggle with. So because of what I have, it's not an excuse, not that I don't want to wash the kids or do the dishes, but it's difficult for me to do these things. But at the same time, also bring up a solution, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's empowering when you take accountability for, you know, who you are and, and what you do. Uh, and, you know, I don't believe any mental health condition is a reason to, um, you know, it, it, you should never use a uh, mental health condition as an excuse. And one thing I try to do with my patients, I always try to empower them, you know, because mm-hmm. just because they, they're living with a, a certain condition doesn't mean that they can't do certain things. I don't want right. to strip, strip them away from, you know, uh, accountability. So mm-hmm. uh, come up with a solution, say, hey, you know what, I'm not good with this at all. In fact, you know, the dishes that would take you, you know, 12 minutes, it'll take me two hours. <laughs> so how about you do the dishes and then right. I'll change your oil, you know, or l- let me wash your kids or I- I'll do this. Or maybe say, you know what, I'll do the dishes because you need a break from the dishes, but let me do the dishes in the morning. I'm a morning person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I tell people, when people ask me, I believe that everybody has a time you know, throughout the day where you're just a little sharper than mm-hmm. the rest of the day. So if, you know, you know, we say you're a morning person, you're a night person. If you're a person that you, you're very productive in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you have ADHD, I would say schedule the tasks that are, are the most complex between those hours. So if you're really, if you're on fire between 6 and 10 a.m. and, and you, you do really well um, during that time, I would say make sure you schedule your tasks uh that are difficult between 6 and 10 a.m so if you have a hard time doing the dishes or doing certain things do them around that time because everything else that you could do like passively you can do it throughout the day when you know you're just kind of like not actively trying to use and exercise your brain you know yeah yeah i really like that i like what you're saying because i think sometimes people get um people get sort of stuck in some learned helplessness or perceived helplessness, right? And and that could be the person who has ADHD or doesn't. Um, But in a relationship, it is really imperative that two people understand, okay, these are the strengths and, and limitations of this partner. These are the strengths and limitations of this partner. And together, let's develop and brainstorm a way that we can divide and conquer so that we are maximizing each other's strengths and not shaming, shaming each other for weaknesses or limitations. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, again, it can be really hard if one partner is holding the bag on everything. Um, and certainly there are lots of other things that, um, you know, people can do to outsource tasks or bring in support right. for their relationship. And that can be a really helpful solution too, and keep partners on the same team. I, I agree. And it's, it's all about being, you know, self-aware and, you know, a lot of times it's one thing to lie to other people, but it's something else to lie to yourself. Like if mm. you know that you struggle <laughs> with a certain task or you just don't enjoy doing something, mm you know, then that might be where you should spend your money. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I had to move to the other side of town and, you know, my brother came from Georgia to help me out and he's setting up certain things and he's good. Like he's a handyman in a sense, but mm-hmm. then sometimes I'll say, okay, you're a college student. You have finals. I'm, you know, running my business and all this extra stuff. We can pay somebody mm-hmm. to come and do what it would take you four hours to do. Mm-hmm. And then they'll do it in 30 minutes or 10 minutes, you know? So, uh, it's about speaking up for yourself. And if you're in the same team with somebody, understand that, hey, you know, the quicker that you can go and you know get evaluated or the quicker you can speak up for yourself, mm-hmm. you can put a name to what um, the other person would 
take as being like a a lack of respect or, or, or laziness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You touched on something really important. And I think some of what gets in the way of people articulating what's going on for them is that they don't know. And the other thing that, you know, they, they don't know what they're going through, but they know right. that there's something going on. So they don't have the words or the vocabulary exactly. yet to describe it. The other element I think that really gets in the way of people advocating or um, talking with people about it is shame. Right. Yeah, and we yeah. have this message in our world that if if someone has a diagnosis of this or a diagnosis of that, that somehow it means something about the quality of who they are as a person. Yeah. And it just doesn't. But I, I think for anyone listening, you know, if something feels off for you, this is nothing to be ashamed of because most of us have things that we deal with. And, you know, even people who are really, really high functioning out in the world have, they've yeah. got stuff. And when we can start getting really honest about that, we can learn different skills and um, different ways of adapting so yeah. that those issues feel less big and less loud in our lives. Yeah. I, I, I love the fact that you said that because nobody is perfect, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some people happen to be addicted to like, you know, substances that will ruin their life. Mm-hmm. And other people might be addicted to, you know, things that are more benign that, you know, you can kind of fly under the radar, but that's mm-hmm. still their private struggle, you know, so mm-hmm. you don't want to let shame people for anything. And at, right. at the same time, living with shame, it can be devastating, you know, mm. uh, because you might feel like you're less than like, if you're not, if you're not able to disclose to your partner that this is, you know, part of your everyday life, I think that's where you have the issues because mm-hmm. some people, because of the shame of a, of ADHD or a diagnosis, some people would rather just assume, let their partner assume that they're lazy or disrespectful and they'll, they'll take that out versus, mm-hmm. you know, saying, Hey, this is what I'm going through because they would rather be seen as lazy. And then they'll just try and work harder to, you know, pick up the pace as opposed to letting them know that, I actually have this, or I'm going to therapy for this, or I'm taking the medication for this because mm-hmm. they associate, um, you know, going to therapy or taking medications with being, you know, crazy. I hate that word, but that's what they, that they, they, they associate <laughs> with. Uh, so if you're not able to be upfront, then uh, you're going to yeah. put yourself in a position to where you're under so much, you know, you're frustrated all the time mm-hmm. and then that can make you more anxious and that's not going to help out with what you're going on, uh, what's what's going on with you. So being upfront mm-hmm. and being able to say that, hey, this is what I'm going through and, uh, you know, being able to live in the open, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's why a lot of my content is aimed at trying to reduce the shame mm-hmm. uh, because everybody is going through something, but we became so good at hiding what we're going through to put on this image of perfection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of us are able to, you know, somewhat make it, but the other people who can't make it, uh, I know you'll feel like, okay, I'm not good enough because this person that I look up to, mm. you know, they're perfect, but I'm here and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling. So um, I'm not as good as them. But the one, the, right. the person who's up there says, Hey, I'm going through this as well. And this is how I got yeah. through it. It's all, it's like, it makes that person like human and mm-hmm. we're all human. And we realize that, you know, what, we're all struggling with something. And mm-hmm. if you're the partner, you know, with ADHD, uh, maybe your partner might have ADHD. Like a- after, like you speak yeah. up and say, "I'm going through this," then they'll say, "Oh, well, you know what? I might want to get checked out." Or it might not be ADHD, but it might be anxiety. Or, you know, you never know. But when you like when you live without shame, um, that's one of the most fearless ways to you know to live, and yeah. that will inspire the other person to you know to advocate for themselves too. And I think that's 
that's like a, a better long-term solution to keep a relationship going as opposed to trying to, you know, like act as if you're somebody who you're not. Yeah, I agree. So, so strongly. And I really appreciate what you said about um, how some people would rather be perceived as lazy or right. disrespectful because mm-hmm. that is better in their mind than being perceived as weak or being perceived exactly. as having yeah. a deficit of some sort. And <clears throat> I really want to emphasize how that does give people an illusion of control over yeah. their symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. I would rather be perceived in this way that suggests I'm in control of my behavior than in this way where I really feel like I don't know what to do and I'm lost and I'm scared. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it, it almost sounds as if, as if you like, I mean, to somebody looking on the outside, from the outside looking in, you know, you, you would say, why in the world would you rather be perceived as, you know, being, being that over having like a diagnosis, but mm-hmm. it's not until you're in that person's shoes and, you know, a lot of times if you're in a relationship where you can't be yourself, mm-hmm. um, it makes it that much harder to you know, speak up and, and let them know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe so many people are living like like this, you know, so when they see these videos, uh, they feel seen and heard and validated. Uh, and I think a lot of people will send their partners you know, my videos or somebody else who's talking about the same thing on on TikTok or Instagram because they want their partner to validate them the same way they were validated mm-hmm. by them watching that video. Yeah, uh, and it's a good feeling because it makes you feel like okay, I'm I'm regular, I'm human. Mm-hmm. There's you know, there's nothing wrong with me. I I, I have this condition. This condition doesn't have me. Oh. You know, th- there's a big difference between you know like you have it, but it doesn't have you. Because if it has you, then it runs you. But when once you mm-hmm. have it, then you know okay, this is. What, what I, I deal with, but I'm not going to let it, you know, distract me from doing mm-hmm. what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times people with ADHD are gifted, they're talented. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. if, if you know that you hyper-focus at a certain time, if you designed your life to where, you know, you hyper-focus with this, you can put out a great project or a book or album, or, you know, you can run your business in the way that your business is successful. Because when you hyper-focus on one thing and you, in a sense, neglect everything else, your team or your partner is taking care of everything else because you've told them that, hey, mm-hmm. I'm not able to deal with X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's important to confront it um, head on uh, and don't just let it be something that you, you want to, you can't outwork your ADHD. I don't think you can. You yeah. you can thrive with <clears throat> it, but you have to you know admit this is going on and get the proper help. Uh, and put yourself in an environment to where you can thrive, but yeah. uh, you don't want to just do it alone. If it makes right. sense. Right. Yeah. That's really great. So let's talk a little bit about medication for ADHD. Mm-hmm. What are some of the most popular and prevalent medications and what are the implications of those medications or side effects that are you know likely? So with medications mm-hmm. for ADHD, uh, I mean, at least the way I learned it in school, I, I believe that the stimulants are some of the most effective medications in mm-hmm. all psychiatry because, you know, with um, with psychiatry, it's interesting because you have, for example, the antidepressants, uh, sometimes they work 30 to 60 percent of the time. I've seen studies that have a number anywhere from 30 to 60 percent of the time, and they're not even the most effective thing for depression. You know, that would be ECT, which works mm-hmm. much faster. But then there's a stigma with that. Um, and uh there's so many medications that you have in all of psychiatry, but when it when you look at, you know, for example, let's take 
you know, diabetes. You know, when you take medication for diabetes, it helps you out, right? You take mm-hmm. your metformin, your insulin. It's effective at treating that thing. But with psychiatry, it's hard to find a medication that treats that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with the stimulants, I believe that they are the most, they are among the most effective medications to treat what they're supposed to treat. You know, so sometimes people, it doesn't work for everybody, but, you know, with the stimulants, you know, because they increase certain neurotransmitters in the brain, uh, it helps you with executive functioning. So mm-hmm. if you're spaced out or if you have like 100 tabs open, then you're cooking downstairs, you have the washer and dryer going and then the kids are like running in a circle, <laughs> you know, it can help you focus on one thing, you know, so mm-hmm. the intended effect is, you know, uh, take like Adderall, for example, like mixed F- amphetamine salts, it, it will help you. Um, or it's supposed to help you focus on one thing. So you start this task, you complete it, you're done with it, you put it to the side, you go take care of the kids, boom, 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 you do that, you move on. You mm-hmm. like you do things sequentially versus being out all over the place and just kind of, you know, not taking care of what you have to take care of. So uh the issue with the stimulants is that you know they're widely abused. You can mm-hmm. um you don't have to see a professional for it because some people you know, and I'm on TikTok, so I see the comments. You know, people will go grab them off the street. Yeah. Um, you can go to a college campus. Not recommended. Right. For so it, many it's reasons. not recommended. Yeah. yeah. I tell everybody on my, my TikTok live, don't take anything that was not prescribed to you by a licensed professional. You know, right. I make that very clear. <clears throat> uh, and don't stop taking, don't start or stop taking things. Uh, stop taking anything, you know if it's not recommended to you by your professional because mm-hmm. they'll go online and say, Oh, I think I need to double up on this or maybe take half. No, just take, take it exactly as it was prescribed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the stimulants, you know, you have, you know, Adderall, Vyvanse, you have uh, Ritalin, mm-hmm. um, methylphenidate, uh, and then you have non-stimulants as well, uh, like Sertera, which, you know, if you're concerned about the potential for abuse, you can uh, try that. And there was another non-stimulant recently I think it's called Clovery. and you agree upon that one, but it, it works similar to um, Shatera. So there's okay. different, um, or sometimes people use Intuniv or Clonidine, which is a mm-hmm. blood pressure medication. So uh, the thing that I want people to know is that they are medications to treat ADHD uh, and they're not always stimulants. In my personal opinion, I believe that the stimulants are the most effective thing that we have for ADHD. Yeah. Um, you know, like I've, I've, seeing patients who, you know, their grades were sinking, their lives were in disarray. Uh, and when they got the proper medication, like a stimulant, and then they got therapy that helped them realize, you know, what was going on in their life. Like it made a, a world of difference. Like yeah. it was life-changing. I believe. It is. It can be so transformative and, and so um, grounding and integrating for people whose symptoms of ADHD have kind of left them feeling really scattered. Right. right. And, and sort of all over the place. Um, so uh, the proper treatment really can help everything feel right. like it's in its right place internally. Right. It, it can be a huge yeah. game changer. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Are there any side effects of those medications that you mentioned, the stimulants mm-hmm. and the non-stimulants, um, as it relates to sexual function? So with the the stimulants, a lot of times, the main thing that you'll see, uh, like you have people who lose their appetite, um, it can activate you so it's hard to sleep at night. Mm. Um, so I've seen people abuse stimulants to where they want to like have sex on Adderall, um, you know, because you're getting dopamine from sex and you're getting dopamine from Adderall. So you want to have this amazing 
uh, sex. And um, I mean, just take your meds as, as they're prescribed. <laughs> uh, but a lot of people haven't seen too many people complain of like sexual dysfunction mm-hmm. from uh, the medications. A lot of times you might have like a paradoxical effect. I've seen that to where people will take the meds and instead of them being more activated and, and focused, it makes them sleepy. Mm. Uh, but in regards to like sexual dysfunction, um, I see that I've seen that more with the antidepressants, if anything. Yeah. I haven't seen that uh, too much with the, the stimulants, but mm-hmm. I've seen people get like a, you know, a rush from the, the medications and then you get a rush from sex, obviously, but I haven't mm-hmm. seen too many complaints sexually from the stimulants. Okay. That's great. Great. Is there anything that we haven't talked about related to ADHD um, that relates to relationships or sexuality that you think it's important for us to focus on? Uh, yes. I, I think it's one thing that I uh, had crossed my mind uh, a lot of times with people being uh, people who have ADHD because your brain is going at a rate that your brain needs stimulation in the way that you want to be stimulated, right? So Mm -hmm. like I say, if you love to go horseback riding or video games, like your brain wants to be stimulated that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a lot of times with people who have ADHD, they get bored with certain things. Uh, So so sometimes you see that's why they might not want to be in, uh, you know, monogamous relationships, you know, or they're in a relationship with somebody, but, they might get bored sexually, um, you know, and this is like a, a pattern that I've seen. And I think it's important to address because if, you know, not to say that ADHD should never be an excuse for cheating. Right. Um, because whatever the, when a person gets with another person, whatever rule you have, you know, as long as you follow that, if it's an open relationship, polyamorous, like whatever you've agreed to, as long as you follow those guidelines, everybody's being respected. Mm-hmm. If, you know, nobody feels like they're treated out of anything. Uh, yeah. But a lot of times you can have individuals who, you know, need more stimulation. So whether it's sexually or whether it's, you know, in other parts of their life, uh, that's important to talk about. So mm-hmm. if you are somebody who you feel like you need more sexual stimulation, uh, you know, it sounds uh, I think nowadays, actually, it's easier to have that conversation mm-hmm. Uh, but it didn't used to always be that way. It used to yeah. be to where you might have felt like, okay, I need more sexual stimulation, whether it's with this person or we need to do more with this person or whether I need to be with somebody else or whether we need to be with someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think there was a huge like stigma and shame just with having that conversation. Uh, you know, so I think, you know, and obviously like, you know, sexuality is more so of your specialty. So I'm right. kind of curious to, to see your thoughts on uh, how people have been able to have that conversation. Cause I think it's easier to have that conversation in 2021 versus even like five years ago. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we are in this really lovely time in, in our world right now where <clears throat> we're more liberated than ever um, sexually, and we're having more of those dialogues openly, which is great. And I, I really like what you said about just sort of recognizing the underlying needs that each individual person has as it relates to sex and sexuality and setting that stage from the start of a relationship, because there are lots of other people. Yeah. There are lots of other people who would be interested in an open relationship or polyamorous relationship or inviting a third into the mix periodically or finding other ways to introduce novelty into your sex life. And I think it's that novelty piece 
that a lot of people, I mean, really all humans appreciate novelty when it comes right. to sex. Um, I shouldn't say all, but most. <laughs> and majority, yeah. <laughs> the majority of us like something new every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can mean a lot of different things for people. And it might be something simple like different music or a different room right, in the house right. or a different sex toy that you bring into the mix. It doesn't always have to include another right. person. But if you know that that is your truth, then, then why even start with a monogamous context, right? right? You right. know, set yourself up and set your partner up for success by being open and transparent mm-hmm. about what you want. And that will allow for a more authentic, erotic experience in your life yeah. and happiness relationally. I, I completely agree. You know, if you know, and, and that's that's why it's important to do check-ins with, with yourself and see how mm-hmm. you're feeling about things. Do I like myself? Do I like mm-hmm. where I'm going? Like, how am I mentally? Do I like this thing? Or am I apprehensive about a monogamous relationship? You know, because if you know that you have some apprehension with it, then say, maybe I need to, you know, maybe I need to evaluate how I feel before I, you know, get with somebody else. And this is what mm-hmm. we've agreed to. And like you said, it doesn't always mean another person. It could be a different room. It could be different music. Uh, and a lot of times people hear, like when you hear somebody who let's say you know they said they get bored the first thing you think of is oh they want another partner on that mm-hmm. it might not be that you know it you have to not. figure out what that person needs yeah um you know because if they need more stimulation it could be a monogamous relationship but they need different things mm-hmm. uh, so it's important to customize it to that individual my, in my opinion yeah to that relationship or to that coupleship right, those, right. those two people who are being sexual whatever their dynamic might be Right. right. And I think if most of us got more open and more real, uh, even though we are seeing an increase in, in transparent mm-hmm. conversation, but if more people were able to openly discuss what they wanted sexually without any kind of shame, I think right. more people would be getting what they right. want and more people will be feeling less betrayed, less manipulated, mm-hmm. less exploited. And it's right. when we aren't transparent that those mm-hmm. kinds of relationship problems develop. And then that yeah. just compounds and can make, you know, uh, can make for a really messy situation in someone's life. Right. And, and I, I love the fact that we even spoke about this because, you know, I think somebody came on one of my, my live streams and they were asking about, you know, sexual liberation. And mm-hmm. I was... I said, yes, but the word I like more is autonomy for mm-hmm. every person, you know, because it might not even be like you want it to be sexually liberated. Maybe you want to see other people non-sexually or, you know, just the, the fact that we can have those conversations and give people room to either explore other sexually or non-sexually or, or just for them to be in control of what they're doing. Uh, it raises your self-esteem. You feel like you're not being used. You feel like, right. you know, you have a say in how you choose to live your life, which is very empowering. It is. So I, I like the fact that we're making it okay for people to to do that. And you don't have to take any side. You know, if you don't want to do the polyamorous thing, you can be in a monogamous relationship. Find somebody, you know, I say find somebody who wants the same thing that you want and then yeah. go from there. And it's right. important to start from the jump. You know, this is yeah. what I want. Um, I know this is what I want, or I'm not sure what I want. So I'm kind of going into this and playing it by ear, uh, you know, and let and then letting them know, hey, this is kind of how I am. And, mm-hmm. you know, I might get spaced out from time to time, or I might get bored from time to time. So I might, I might think about this, or I might, you know, I might, I've thought about this, and I've always wanted to do this type of thing, but I'm not sure if you'd be open to doing it. Uh, but just having constant communication, you know, I feel like yeah. if you have that, 
you really can't go wrong. You know, yeah. you'll have difficult conversations and you can, you have to be ready for that. Um, <laughs> yes. You definitely have to be ready for that. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much. This was really um, a, a wonderful and robust conversation. And I'm so grateful that you took I some time it. to come out and, and talk with me about ADHD. Um, where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you do or, or reach out to you? Uh, sure. Uh, so once again, I want to say thank you so much for having me. Uh, I've been keeping up with your uh, content on Instagram, and I do enjoy it. Uh, and uh, to get me, uh, you know, you go to my website, www.kojosoffer.com. Uh, keep up with me there and you know, read my book uh, that I released two years ago. Uh, but the place that most people want to you know, follow, follow and keep up with me at uh, would be on TikTok. So that'd mm-hmm. be you go to TikTok and then just type in Kojosoffer or you can put in at doctor.kojosoffer on Instagram is at doctor.kojosoffer. So those are the three main places where if you keep up with me there, you can see me uh, anywhere on the internet. Great. Great. I'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes (laughs) so people can find you really easily. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Modern Intimacy. Follow our show on your favorite podcast app by going to modernintimacy.com slash podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to enter in a question or a topic idea for future episodes. That's modernintimacy.com slash podcast. This show is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for therapy or psychiatric care. Listening to this show or submitting questions or topic ideas does not constitute a therapeutic or professional relationship with Dr. Kate Balistrieri or any providers that work at Modern Intimacy. If you're having a medical or psychiatric emergency, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. All opinions expressed by guests on this show are those of the guests only and are not necessarily indicative of those opinions held by Dr. Kate Balistrieri or staff at Modern Intimacy. Thank you for listening to today's show. For more episode information and helpful tips, visit modernintimacy.com or follow us on Instagram at The Modern Intimacy or follow Dr. Kate on Instagram and TikTok at Dr. Kate Balistrieri. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.